You may be seated, and I invite you to open your Bibles this morning to the 91st Psalm, the 91st Psalm, and uh, we're talking about great expectations. We've been discussing the fact that God desires with all of His heart to protect us, so we can expect to be protected. And there's some keys here in the 91st Psalm that we've been talking about that are our part, and there are His part having to do with keeping us protected. In verse 1 it says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. That is El Shaddai. So our part is to dwell and to live in vital union with Him. And that as we are doing that, we are to declare what His Word says. In verse 2 He said, I will say of the Lord, You are my refuge. You are my God. You are my fortress, and in you I trust. And as a result of that, the scripture goes on to say, Surely he shall, that's his part, deliver thee from the snare of the fowler, from the noisome pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will trust. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. So this says very clear to us that we were, when we're in His presence, we are under His wing and we are covered. Amen. Amen. And then verse 5, it's our responsibility to keep fear out of our lives. He says, Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand may fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but thank God it will not come near us. Verse 8, Only with our eyes shall we behold and see the reward of the wicked, because we have made the Lord even the Most High our habitation, or our dwelling place, There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. Amen. No evil shall befall thee. No accident shall overtake you. No violence shall overcome you. Amen. Say it with me. No evil shall befall me, neither shall any plague come nigh my dwelling. Amen. Is that good news or is that good news? Can't come near your dwelling because you're hidden in the secret place. Hallelujah. I like that, don't you? Verse 11, For he shall give his angels charge over you to do what? To keep us in all of our ways. When we determine in our heart that we are going to go his way, and that our ways are going to align ourselves with His ways, and we're going to live and walk in His paths, we can expect His angels to encamp around about us, to defend us, to preserve us, to protect us. And we talked about that last week. Amen? He'll give His angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Now, Here's what we're going to talk about in verse 13. Thou shalt tread. This is our responsibility. You will walk upon the lion and the adder. The young lion and the dragon you shall trample under your feet. This is talking about demonic forces. 
This is talking about principalities and powers. We are to walk on top of them. They are not to rule us. They are not to dominate us. They have no authority over you and me. But you and I have dominion and authority over devils, demons, and every evil spirit. And that, my friends, is good news. Now here's why we can do this. In Ephesians chapter 1, I believe we're going to look at uh, verse 19. Ephesians verse, uh, uh, chapter 1 verse 19, it talks about the resurrection power of Christ being risen from the dead. And he says here, And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe? And it is according to the working of his mighty power, next verse, which he wrought or which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead, next verse, far above all principality and power and might and dominion. Now notice this, and every name, every name, every name, every name, every name. That includes cancer. That includes arthritis. That includes depression. That includes debt. That includes anything and everything that is under the curse. Jesus has been raised far above it. And then he says, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. Hallelujah. But now notice this next verse. And has put all things... Anything that has a name. He's put all things under his feet. Well, is he not the head of the church? Are we not the body of Christ? The feet are in the body. So when the head was raised, the body was raised. And he placed all thing under his feet. Hallelujah. Read the rest. And gave him to be the head over all things to the church. Next verse. Which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. He did this for the benefit of the church. He did not give his life as a substitutionary sacrifice for himself. He did it for you. He did it for me. He did not die. He did not bury. He did not rise from the dead for himself. He did it for us. And the Bible says he raised you and I up together and made us sit together with him in heavenly places. Amen. And so this is why you can tread upon serpents and scorpions. I just came along today to just tell you that the devil is a stripped under your feet, eternally defeated foe. He is not just a loser. He is the loser. In Colossians 2.15, it says, And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. One translation says he exposed them. He shattered them. He emptied them. And he defeated them in his final glorious triumphant act. He put to naught. The principalities and powers. Not means he reduced that rascal to nothing. 
For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil when it comes to your life. Amen. Brother Mark Hankins said it like this. He says, Jesus was the first person to enter into death's domain and to conquer it. So you have been designed for dominion. You have been given authority by the very head of the church. Now look at Luke chapter 10 and in verse 19. Luke 10, 19. Here's what Jesus said. He said, behold, look guys, I give unto you power. That word power there literally means authority. I give unto you authority to tread. Thou shalt tread the lion and the adder. Thou shalt trample him underfoot. I've given you the authority to tread on serpents and scorpions. And over about three quarters of the power of the enemy. No, thank God he gave us power over all. The reason why it's overall is because we've been raised up together with him. All the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. That means no way at any time can anything hurt you. You see, the devil knows more about his defeat than most Christians do. Why is that? Because he was there. You heard about the guy that walked into the pet store. He walked in there with his wife. And uh, there was a parrot up there in a cage in the front. And the parrot spoke up and says, Hey, mister, your wife is the ugliest, dumbest woman I've ever seen. And so he immediately told the manager. And the manager took the parrot in the back and pulled a couple of his feathers out and slapped them around a little bit. Don't ever say that again. So the husband and wife are walking out and the parrot speaks up. He says, Hey, mister. And he looks at him and says, what? He says, you know. (laughs) That's what you ought to be telling the devil. You ugly thing, you know. Jesus whipped you 2,000 years ago. And I'm authorized in his name to walk on you, to tread on you. Hallelujah. Amen. You just give him that look. You know. You want another beating? You pull out that sword. He will not stick around to give you any more trouble. He will run from you as in terror. Yes, now there came a day that Jesus went into the temple. He didn't like what he saw in the temple. In Matthew chapter 21 and verse 12 and 13, it says, And Jesus went into the temple of God and cast out all them that sold and bought in the temple, And they overthrew the tables and the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves. You know, he was not happy with what he saw. He said, you know, my house shall be called a house of prayer. But here's what you've done. You've made it a den of thieves. Now notice verse 13. And he said unto them, my house shall be called the house of prayers, but you have prayer, but you've made it a den of thieves. And then notice with me in verse 23. Let's drop down there. And when he was coming to the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people came unto him as he was teaching and said, By what authority do you do these things? And who gave you this authority? This is the enemy speaking right through them. You didn't consult with us. Who do you think you are? 
by what authority do you do these things? He went in there and cleansed the temple and they got very upset because they were going to lose some money. But that same day, that's not all he chased out of the temple. The Bible says that the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. Amen. Jesus cleaned the temple up. And I want you to know that you and I are the very temple of God. And he wants our temples clean. He wants our temples free. Anything that defiles, fear must be driven out. Disease must be driven out. Depression must be driven out. Come on, somebody. And here's the problem. A lot of folks just don't believe they're authorized. The devil will come along and say, well, who do you think you are? Telling you you're a worm. You have no authority. You have no power. Who do you think you are? Just shut up and sit down. I say by the word of God today, it's not who I think I am. It's who I know I am. It's not who I am in the natural. It's whose we are in the spirit. Amen. We are of God and greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Amen. So you're the temple of the Holy Ghost. Drive that depression out. Drive that fear out. Drive that discouragement out. You do it the same way that Jesus did it. You say, it is written, devil. Hallelujah. The joy of the Lord is my strength. It is written, devil. Himself took my infirmities and bore my sicknesses. You have the same authority that Jesus had when he walked this earth. Amen. Lift your hands and say, thank God. I have authority in the name of Jesus. By the word of God and by the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. So you need to know who you are. Know who you are in Christ. Know that you're the righteousness of God in Christ. Know that you're an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. Become very familiar with the scriptures. The in him scriptures. The in Christ scriptures. Read through the epistles. Read through them and what Paul said to the church about what you have and who you are and where you are in Christ Jesus. If you don't know who you are, you'll never take the authority that's been given to you. Because the enemy will come along and condemn you and make you feel as though you're not worthy. Well, the truth is, none of us were worthy. But thank God he took our unworthiness and took our unrighteousness and the great exchange took place and now we're the very righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. What does that mean? Righteousness means right standing with God. That means the ability to stand in the presence of a holy God without a sense of fear, guilt or inferiority as, as if sin never existed before. Man, that's powerful. So friends, if you can stand in the presence of God like that, you can surely stand in the presence of your enemies and take your place and take your dominion because of who you are and whose you are in Christ Jesus. Shout, say it with me. I am more than a conqueror through him that loved me. Now, not one single time in the New Testament Does the scripture tell us to pray to the Father 
the Father God to do something about the devil for us. The believer is told to do something about the devil. And the reason is, is we have authority to do it. Brother Hagin said it this way in his book, The Authority of the Believer. He said, the least member of the body of Christ has just as much power over the devil as anyone else. And unless believers do something about the devil, nothing will be done in a lot of areas. So let's talk about it just a little bit this morning. What does the scripture say? What does the word of God say when it comes to our part in treading on serpents and scorpions? Look with me over James chapter 4 in the 7th verse. James chapter 4 and verse 7. Amen. We're making good progress this morning. Hallelujah. Notice this. He said in verse 7, Submit yourselves therefore to God. What does that mean? That means come under, to subject yourself to His will, to yield yourself completely to Him, to be obedient to Him. Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Now, I like what the New Century uh, translation, New Century version says. I don't know whether we have it or not. But notice this with me. So give yourselves completely to God. In other words, make him your Lord. Think about him. Desire with all your heart to please him every day. Submit or give yourself completely to God. And then stand against the devil and the devil will run from you. Now notice this with me. As we give ourselves completely to him, then we're able to stand against the devil. Do we need to stand up? Do we need to take our place? We absolutely do. Because he's a thief. And he's looking for access and he's looking for an entrance into our lives. Now the good news is this is we don't have to beg God to do something about the devil. We do not have to be afraid of him. We simply need to resist him. Now listen to this statement. This is a big statement. If we will submit to God, the devil will have to submit to us when we resist him. Unsubmitted Christians have, if you will, their hands tied, so to speak. And that is why a lot of havoc is happening in many Christians' lives. And they don't have any understanding of why. And when it happens, all they can think of and say is, well, it must have been the will of God. You know, or... They start blaming God for something God had already given them dominion and authority over. Unsubmitted Christians are people that God loves with all of his heart, but in a sense and in a way, he's not able to do things in them and for them because they're not for him. Amen. We can't live our lives for ourselves and expect God's best. 
We can't just go around doing our own thing and expecting God to be involved in our things. What does the scripture say? In Matthew 6, 33, he says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto us. Amen. So if I want God to get involved in my finances, I must put him first in my finances. Are you listening to me? If I desire with all of my heart for his will to be done in my life, then I need to then turn my will completely over to him. Amen. Glory to God. Got quiet in here. Stand up. Stand up. Listen to this. When we give God his place over us, we're ready to take our place over the enemy. Put your hand over your heart and say, Heavenly Father, this morning, I give you your rightful place over me. Now I rise up and I take my rightful place over the devil. Amen. You get to that point in your life, the devil just won't mess with you. He can't tangle with whose you are. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. You see, the Bible says, resist the devil, don't assist the devil. Now, this is one of the things that I got real strong in my heart as I was preparing for this message. One area that you and I need to make sure that we're treading on regularly is we need to take our place and our dominion and authority over fear. See, when it talks about resist the devil, you could just say it like this. Resist fear and fear will flee from you. Fear is something that we all deal with. Because the very atmosphere in this world is charged with fear. Have you noticed the news lately? There's not a lot of faith on the news lately. You know, they'll never report to you. Last night, 7.2 billion people lived. And one, you know, they'll never report that. They'll always report the bad news. So this world system is designed to bring fear into your mind. And that's where the enemy likes to toy with, is your soul, with your mind. Amen? Now look at John chapter 14. And notice with me in verse 27, and I want to look at the amplified version. He said, peace I leave with you, my own peace I now give and bequeath to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled, neither let it be afraid. That tells me that it is my responsibility to not allow my heart to be troubled. This means that trouble is going to come. This means that trouble is going to knock on on the door of our soul. Now notice the next verse, or the next part. Stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disturbed and do not permit yourself to be fearful and intimidated and cowardly and unsettled. When he says, do not permit it, he's basically saying, don't allow it. You and I are authorized to stop fear dead in its tracks. 
You have been given authority over fear. We are to resist fear. Now, when these thoughts come to our mind, whatever thoughts they are, whether it be about disease or debt or whatever the case may be, when these thoughts come to our mind, we need to replace those thoughts with faith-filled thoughts. We need to replace those fear-filled thoughts with faith-filled thoughts and faith-filled words. Now, just like we can receive healing by keeping our minds stayed on Him and becoming extremely uh, uh, persuaded, fully persuaded with the promises of God, you can do the same thing where fear is concerned. It's a matter of your mindset. Where is your mind set on? What are you thinking on? Notice with me in Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 20 through 22. In Proverbs 4 verse 20 through 22. When fear comes to our lives, here's what you can do. My son, attend to my words. What does the word say? See, on the other end of what the enemy is telling you is always God's truth. It's the reciprocal of that. So he says, my son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear to my sayings. Amen. Listen to what I say. Let them not depart from before thine eyes. Keep my words in the midst of your heart. For here's the truth. For my words... Our life to those that find them. Have you discovered that his words are filled with life? His words are filled with faith. Amen. There is no fear and there is no death in his words. So what I'm going to do, instead of attending to the words that are coming to my soul from the enemy, I'm going to find a promise in the word of God and I'm going to give that my attention. I'm going to give my attention to John 14, 27. I'm going to give my attention to Isaiah 26, 3, where it says, I will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon me. When the enemy comes along and says, look, you're not going to live out your life. You're going to die young. I'm going to immediately switch from that lie to the truth. And I'm going to give attention to that. I'm going to give attention to Psalm 91, 16, where he says, With long life will I satisfy him, and I'm going to show him my salvation. No, I'm not going to have my life snuffed out. I'm not going to have my life completely annihilated. I'm going to live long, and I'm going to live strong. And so you've got to be disciplined enough to give your attention to what God's Word says. Because for every enemy-filled, fear-filled word that comes to your soul, God's got several scriptures, several words, amen, that'll build you up and cause you to be faith-filled and fear-free. Attend to the word. Give attention to the word. Stop listening to the lies of the devil and start listening to the truths of God's word. See, we know this and you know, we understand in Romans ten seventeen, he says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So find the scriptures, speak the scriptures, and let them minister life to you. Here's what Deuteronomy says. 
He said, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. We could say it in the context of this morning's message. I have set before you fear or faith. I've set before you peace or worry. Therefore, choose life. Choose life. I'm choosing the word. I'm choosing to live by what God's word said. I'm not going to live by what the enemy's telling me. I'm living by what God has told me. Amen. So rise up and take your place. Stand up. Once you've given yourself completely to God, resist fear and fear will flee from you. Amen. 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 Glory to God. You don't have to be afraid to fly. You don't have to be afraid to get on a jet. Just take that jet over. Get on that jet. Lay hands on that jet as you walk in there and say, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I plead the blood of Jesus over this jet and this jet's going to take me to a safe landing place. Amen. I'm going to the other side. That's right. And so if you experience a little turbulence and a little bumping and a little thing like that, just lift up your voice and say, thank you, Lord. You've given your angels charge over me. I'm not afraid. We're going to make it to Branson. We're going to make it to London. We're going to make it to Florida. We're going to the other side. Amen. Amen. Remember Jesus, you know, he said, hey, we're going to go to the other side. They got in the boat and when they got in the boat, there arose a great storm, a mega storm. A mega storm is a storm designed to do bad to you. And the, the disciples got all fearful and Jesus was asleep in the hinder part of the ship. I had a friend that literally flow, flew from California to overseas and he literally fell asleep and did not even wake up. And the stewardess looked at him when they landed and said, how in the world did you do that? What in the world do you take to sleep? And he said, I didn't take anything. Hallelujah, I didn't take anything. She says, that was the bumpiest flight I've ever experienced in my life. I know you took something. Well, yeah, he took the 91st Psalm. He took the scriptures. Amen. He let the word of Christ dwell in him richly. Amen. So you don't have to be afraid to fly. You don't have to be afraid to go for walks. You don't have to be afraid to go to malls. Amen. Just make sure that you give attention to God's word every day of your life and draw a bloodline around your life. And in the name of Jesus, plead the blood of Jesus over your life. Amen. You do not have to be afraid of a bad report from the doctor. Anybody ever received a bad report from a doctor? Well, thank God that you have the choice then. You're either going to attend to what the doctor is saying or you're going to believe the report of the Lord. And as you believe the report of the Lord, the hand of the Lord is going to be revealed unto you. Amen. Amen. So understand this. God didn't give you a spirit of fear. This is helping some of you more than you think. This word's going to get in your heart. Amen. You don't have to be afraid to go for walks. You don't have to be afraid to go to the mall. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Now, and turn over to 1 Peter chapter 5. And notice with me in verse 8. Say with me, I have been given authority. 1 Peter 5, 8. Notice this. It says, be sober. That's a victory for some people right there. Be sober. 
Be vigilant. Why? Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Say this with me. He may not devour me. Now in verse 9, he said, Whom resist steadfast in the faith, or resist him steadfast with your faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Now that word resist simply means to stand against or to oppose. We get our English word antihistamine from the Greek word antihistamine. And antihistamine guards, opposes histamine receptors in the body. And so what the Lord is saying, I've given you the power to oppose and to resist anything that the enemy would try to bring your way. Even though he walks about seeking whom he may devour, your faith is the antihistamine. Your faith is the resisting force. Your faith is the victory that overcometh the world. Amen. So resist him steadfast with your faith. And the way we do that is the same way that the master did it. Reinhard Bonnke said this. I love this. He said that Jesus spoke to him. How many of you ever heard of Reinhard Bonnke? I mean, by the millions, people of Africa have given their heart to the Lord. He's a German evangelist that went to Africa. And I'm telling you, millions and millions of people would come to his conferences and his outdoor meetings. And they'd come to Christ by the, I mean, just amazing. Amen. And here's what Reinhardt said. He said that Jesus spoke to him and said this. And I want you to remember this. He said, my words in your mouth are just as powerful as my words in my mouth. We don't think of it that way, but it's true. You're raised together with him. You've been given dominion over all the power of the enemy. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and the adder. Thou shalt trample him under your feet. So faith-filled words will dominate the laws of sin and death. I'm going to read it again. He said, Jesus said to me, My words in your mouth are just as powerful as my words in my mouth. That'll prime your pump. That'll, that'll get you stirred up, man. When you take what he said and you believe what he said and you say what he said, it is if he said it himself. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Woo, hallelujah. And the devil is afraid of that sword of the spirit. He's afraid of the word of God. It is the rhema of God. It is God's word uttered and spoken with creative power and it goes out into the atmosphere and removes mountains and removes hindrances and also brings great blessing into the people of God's life. Amen. Amen. Did you get anything out of it today? Amen. Let's all stand up to our feet. Praise the Lord.
Glory to God. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I just feel led just to lead you in some confessions today as Pastor Tom comes. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's declare some things together. What do you say? Amen, amen. Say this with me. I believe in my heart. And I say with my mouth what you have said. You said in your word that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Therefore, I believe it. And I say it. No weapon formed against my life is going to prosper. No evil is going to befall me. Neither shall any plague come nigh my dwelling. I submit myself completely to God. And this morning I stand up against the spirit of fear. Fear, I resist you in the name of Jesus. Fear, go, leave my life now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. You didn't give me a spirit of fear. I have the spirit of faith. I have the spirit of power. I have the spirit of love. And I have a sound mind. Hallelujah. I have right standing with my father. Just like I never sinned before. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus.